you go and check the history of oriental dance yeah you also can find out that oriental dance was mixed with ballet Welcome to Ballet Dance Live podcast. My name is Jana Komarnitska. I'm a full-time dancer based in Toronto, performing a variety of Middle Eastern and Central Asian dance styles, including ballet dance. You can find me at janadance.com as well as on Insta or Facebook by Jana Dance or Jana Komarnitska. I'm happy you've decided to join us for this weekly dose of dance inspiration because here on this podcast we explore all nuances and insights into lifestyle of ballet dancers and we are having amazing star guests who share their stories, secrets and tips with you. Hello guys, just one side note before we jump into interview. When we are talking about being a good professional dancer or not even professional but just being very passionate in ballet dance we often think that we have to be good at everything and no matter how far along in your dance journey you go there is always more to learn does it sound familiar to you (laughs) and then it can be quite often frustrating like what exactly to focus on and when and then finding the resources to learn, especially when you got a family job and other responsibilities. And uh, also, what exactly to to put your time and money in? Then there is so much things are available everywhere now, in person, at festivals, and especially in online uh, resources. Like, I kind of feel that last few years just expanded all online uh, community of ballet dance and how much learning opportunities we can have now from all video classes, uh, uh, Skype sessions, uh, or live online or recorded online trainings. So very often we see all these different opportunities, but it's very difficult to decide what exactly to spend money and if it will be reasonable for you, if it works. And sometimes we see two different products and like, I don't know which one. I want to get now so that's why I really want you to know about one project that is coming up very very soon and uh, I want you not to miss it because I'm sure you'll be interested at least to take a look at this last year I missed it and I then I realized what was that I beat my elbows (laughs) but here is Paladin's bundle coming again this year this is the second year that they do this project and what it is. So it's basically a collection of amazing belly dance products from dancers all around the world that are sold together as one bundle. All of these products are online and you can do it at your home and you can do it on your own schedule. And what's the most amazing about it is that it's really diverse. This year they put together 26 different contributors, different teachers who offered all different online resources for you. I just will name a few, not all all 26, but you'll get an idea how varied are all those resources in this bundle. So for instance, there will be two live lectures at the Marrakesh Folk Festival Digital Research by Morocco. Also, Rania Riner offers two Uh, online lectures about uh, confidence and communication between audience and dancers. 
Journey Through Egypt Fundamentals by Sahra Saida. This one I'm so excited about. I think this is first time she's putting it as a video online thing. I'm not sure if it ever was offered in this format before, but this is so exciting to, to know that now it's available. Also, the traditional arts of Egypt music uh, and folk dances by uh, Keti Sharif, which is basically is an hour video seminar and a 30-page ebook. Also, Deb Robin's signature style uh, classes. Uh, Shahrazad, she will be also offering a coupon for her four classes on her online powerhouse studio and you can choose the topics that uh, you would like to learn from her. Also, my series of Turkish Romani dance is also there, all five hours of training included in that bundle. Plus, lectures and classes about musicality, zils, tips for teachers, uh, some ballet exercises, so uh, makeup courses, tips on costume creation and so 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 much more like this is just a little uh, part of what I named but you can imagine among 26 different uh, courses, ebooks, uh, lectures and other online products it really covers all aspects of uh, ballet dance and what's is amazing is that you can actually get it all as one bundle and just to give you an idea why I'm so excited about it and it's not even I'm really trying to pitch anyone to buy but if you decide to buy all those uh, products separately it probably will cost about thousand dollars in total more or less but what? The reason I'm so excited about this bundle is that the idea is to offer all these courses in one package for less than 200 It's basically as if you're getting 80% discount on each of them. So this is pretty amazing deal. And it will be available only for one week, so don't miss it it's gonna happen between october 4 and october 10 so during that week you can purchase it all together for a really really good price and then have the whole year uh, covered with some online uh, learning uh, resources for you but uh, again take a look and see if it's something of interest for you i will include link in the show notes uh, so you can go directly to the website and uh, browse and search if there's something of interest for you and now without further delay let's actually dive in the interview with uh, Alavats. Hello guys you're listening to Ballet Dance Live podcast and I am very happy to have here today with me Alavats. thank you for taking your time and coming to the show how are you doing? <laughs> Hello, hello guys. I'm I'm great. Thank you so much for your invitation. My great pleasure. And for those who somehow may not know who is Alavatsa, just a couple of highlights from her career. She is the winner and runner-up of many uh, various national and international dance competitions, including Cairo Mirage Festival and Allah Sahla Festival's uh, Winter Teachers course. 
Ala is the founder and organizer of Cairo Stars Festival in China, one of the master teachers at Ala Wasahlan Festival in Cairo, and an official representative of Ballet Dance Teachers and Dancers International Union, Cairo Mirage Ballet Dance Union in Shanghai, China. So I'm really happy to dig into your dance experience and uh, share a little bit more about your story with other dancers. But if we Google back in history, mm-hmm. how did everything started? Do you remember your first ballet dance class and how you ended up there? Yeah, sure. I remember it very good. Uh, actually, my first class was when I was about 20 years old. Uh, I just searched uh, information in internet and I found uh, one school. Uh, so... Uh, when I took my first class, I thought like, hey, it's pretty good. It looks so funny. Uh, but in the beginning, it was just like a hobby. So nothing serious. Uh, so I just was having fun. Nothing serious. Mm. And uh, what uh, what made you Google it in internet? Because uh... do you do you know the TV like the film Oklon? Oh, right. Very, yeah, yeah, it was very like um, famous before. Uh, it's like, I think it's uh, like Brazilian or something like that. So, yeah, yeah, I watched that film and I thought, like, hey, it looks so nice. It's really beautiful dance. So, why not? I can try. Um, actually, my, f- my first laugh uh, starts exactly from the film Oklahoma. Mm. (laughs) yeah i think that movie that tv series inspired a lot of dancers all across the world so it's interesting to dig because for some people it's shakira maybe (laughs) no 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 no, no, not shakira (laughs) but shakira she's also nice i like her very much no but for me um it was oklon it was the film uh, so when I, I saw Jadi, I, I think her name was Jadi or something like that. So yeah, I thought like, hey, it looks so beautiful. And uh, it was really feminine and you you don't need a partner to dance. You just can dance like alone, like solo dance. So I thought like, hey, why not? I can try. So I, I'm really thankful to my first teacher because she was really good. And I think because of her, I really fell in love with this dance. And moving uh, uh, fast forward, uh, so in the beginning, it was just a hobby. When was that transition into uh, some more serious thoughts about, oh, this can be actually my career? Oh, actually, uh, like when I when I came, because I studied at China, uh, so uh, when I just not move to China, but I, I was studying at that university. Uh, so I really need some work, some job. So I thought, like, I can try, maybe teach or something. So in China, I started to teach belly dance. And after that, I thought, like, hey, I really like it. But my really, like, thoughts about changing my career uh, was maybe when I was 27 years old. Because during that time, I was working it at the office uh, so I thought like no if I really want to do this in serious way I can't do my office work and dance work so I need to choose and I thought like okay I, I, I really want to dance so first I can try um, if it will not be good not successful I can go back to the office work 
So that's why I decided yeah, to quit my job and start to dance. And what what were your original career plans before dance? Uh, Actually, uh, like like because my major is uh, culture of China, uh, so I can speak Chinese, and I was doing some translation work, and I also was doing some like um, manager work, and I was doing some sales work, <laughs> so different kinds of work, but not dancing. <laughs> So we lost Ala, Ala translator and manager, but we yes, got Ala yes. dancer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, you kind of answered one of my questions already that I was definitely about to ask you because you're very active in ballet dance world in China, and you even have a festival. So I was very curious how is those the transition from Saint Petersburg to to China. <laughs> Um, but it sort of goes along with your, uh, I guess, other activities that were pre-dance activities. Yeah, yeah, because my, my, my story with Chen actually starts not because of dance, it starts just because of my major. Uh, and now uh, teaching in China. Actually, it's very interesting. Your teaching experience started in China uh, with Chinese uh, students, and I assume there is a, a probably specific mentality of what's happening in the dance class. Then you taught your first class outside of China. Let's say, I don't know where it was, maybe in Russia, in your hometown afterwards. Was there any surprises that you realized, oh, that's different? Um, I can't say like it's different. Actually, all students, they are uh, almost the same. But uh, Chinese students, they, um, say they can't work for a really long time. Like you can teach them without stop, like five, six hours. And um, they okay with this. But like uh, students in Russia, they can't. Uh, they, they feel very tired after maybe two hours. So this is, yeah. So Chinese students, they're working really hard. So you can just, uh, like dance with them without stop. But here, no, you need to give them some time for rest, for talks and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. So this is the, like, I think the biggest difference. And, uh, uh, in China, uh, like the timing and, you need to explain everything. Uh, like when you having class with Chinese students, you need to explain everything very good. Like all technique, all movements. Um, it's very important for them because um, they really like uh, like learn in more slowly way, uh, not just like choreography or something. They really like if you teach them technique, if you explain uh, how I how you do this movement and all this routine so they like it very much mm, i see uh, and uh, um, for topics uh, would be any differences uh, that you sort of notice that except of technique like as you mentioned uh, in china they really like technique classes but other than that uh, uh, would be any did you notice any preferences in topics that Chinese students like more than European or and Russian students uh, have other preferences? Like, except if you're not talking about specifically technique or choreography, but 
if you're talking about choreographies, let's say, <laughs> are any differences uh, in preferences? Yeah, I understood your question. Actually, uh, they like uh, to dance some modern style. They like romantic songs. And, uh, you know, for Chinese people, it's very important. Like, this word is very important in Chinese world. Uh, beautiful. They like everything what is beautiful, actually. So if you're creating some choreography for a lyric song, they like, uh, you know, like some very elegant style, uh, very, like, beautiful style and beautiful costumes. Uh, so this is, yeah. Uh, for styles, they prefer more oriental. They don't like uh, to learn a lot, like, some folklore styles. They are more interested in oriental uh, and actually more like in modern songs. It also seems like there is a boom of ballet dance in uh, China and Asia in general. Uh, correct me if I'm mistaken. <laughs> but if it's so, uh, what do you think is the reason why ballet dance becomes so popular in, in those countries and specifically China? No, actually, it's uh, very popular. Yes, it's popular now, but I can't say like it's, you know, what I see, I think like uh, belly dance uh, maybe will be very popular during these one or two years. But after that, I think it will be maybe, uh, I'm not saying like down, <laughs> I'm not saying like this, uh, but I think in all countries, it was the same situation. In the beginning, it was very, very famous and everyone wants to learn it. Uh, but after, like, um, become, like, uh, not more popular. I don't know if you understand mm -hmm, what I mean. Mm -hmm. uh, like, in China, it's the same, because the development of belly dance uh, was more late than in other countries. Like, if in Russia it was uh, the beginning, it was in 2005. Uh, in China, it was in uh, 2010. So, you know, it was more late. So that's mm -hmm. why now it's very famous. It's very famous like in Russia it was, uh, I don't know, like five years ago. But it can't be so famous like all the time after. It, it's normal for all dance styles, you know, like in the beginning because everyone likes it and it's something new. Everyone wants to learn it. But after, uh, like people start to learn some another styles. I think it's, it's normal for all dance styles. So now for China, yeah, this 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 period is pretty good time for ballet dance because it's very famous now. But I don't know if it will be so famous that like after a few years. I'm not sure about this. I think we need another uh, new TV oh, series, Claudia. normal you know because it's it's about all dance styles like for hip-hop also when we just start learn it starts yeah when it just starts everyone wants to learn hip-hop or break dance yeah but after a few years like it's just you know who like who likes it they continue but uh, not everyone go and study hip-hop or something you know because they can choose something else it's i think the same situation with belly dance it's absolutely normal situation for all dance styles. In the beginning, it's very famous. But after, it's just like going normal with another dance style. Yeah, so true. I actually just now got another thought, uh, which I'm very curious about. In China, uh, there are quite a lot of restrictions regarding mm -hmm. internet. 
And like, for instance, Facebook, uh, people can't access if they have Chinese, like I, um, how it's called, uh, ID on the computer, let's say. Or I know even uh, our podcast, uh, um, most people in China can't mm-hmm. really listen to the audio. Uh, we actually have uh, soon very exciting news. Uh, I have uh, uh, one girl reached out to me and volunteered to transla- transcribe and translate a couple of episodes uh, in Chinese Mandarin <laughs> uh, language. So hopefully soon we'll have at least a couple translations. So ch- Chinese dancers can also uh, get this goods information from the podcast. But um, did you know, because... I'm not sure how situation with YouTube is in uh, in China, like if they can access, but uh, like Facebook, YouTube and social media, Instagram now is one of the biggest sources of uh, inspiration and getting new information for dancers all around the world. Uh, how in China they find... Uh, other dancers or like festival or events like or information about ballet dance what is uh, their sources of uh, of these kind of things uh, well uh, first of all uh, there's some special programs that you can use uh, so if you have that special program you can accept like you can uh, access <laughs> Facebook and YouTube uh but you need to like download special programs so some people they have this program so that's why they can use facebook and youtube of course not all people but some of them uh so still who really want to like get information from facebook or youtube they they can do it uh some people they don't have these special programs but actually now uh there's so many teachers are coming to china uh so the organizers they're posting a lot of information about all these teachers in special uh programs like WeChat uh, do you know it's very famous in China mm-hmm. uh also they have some special website for belly dance uh so they also download a lot of videos and music inside it actually no they also have uh, something similar like uh, YouTube it's uh, Youku Uh, of course, there's not so many information like in YouTube, but anyway, they still have a lot of information. And uh, actually, there's so many events in China that I think they even don't need to, <laughs> I don't know, go to YouTube and look all this information, mm. really. No, that's interesting. But, 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 but of course, there's also bad sides because of this, because they don't have exactly correct information. So some organizers, if they want, they can just do advertisement for some dancers. Like, what do I mean? If this dancer actually in the belly dance world, not really famous, but because students, they don't have real information from Facebook or something. Uh, so organizers just doing very good promo for these dancers. Uh, I don't know if you understand or not. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so that's why now a lot of dancers uh, are actually not so famous maybe outside of country uh, but Chinese uh, uh, organizers doing very good promotion for them yeah I was yeah. very curious because it's very limited uh, like uh, yeah. what you can access and even it's both sides like even with all access to all these resources we sometimes don't have a right information <laughs> uh, yeah yes but yeah so this is actually a problem 
Well, thanks for sharing those insights. Uh, very interesting. It's different, uh, different <laughs> cultures, different countries. Coming back to specifically your uh, dance career, uh, of course, we can all uh, uh, read bio and find information. But in your mind, in your personal uh, history <laughs> for yourself, uh, what do you think was the turning point in your career or maybe a few highlights that you th you you have this feeling like oh then it will start it ever since or like that's oh, like yeah, i got yeah. it <laughs> yeah i have this <laughs> experience actually uh i think that um, my biggest changes uh was about like seven yeah, I think seven years ago, uh, when I found my teacher, um, because as I told you before, I like taught in China, so I just started by myself. Of course, when I uh, was in my country during summer or winter time, I took some classes with our uh, Russian teachers, uh, like uh, Yasmin, uh, but it was very short, you know, just like. Uh, winter and summer vacations. Uh, so after when I came back to St. Petersburg after my Chinese <laughs> study trip, <laughs> uh, I was looking for a teacher and I found my teacher, uh, Nata Pari. So I recognized that all my technique and all my like you know feelings about this dance was not so correct. So I started to learn belly dance actually from the beginning and exactly during that time I met my another teacher Katya and during that time I went to Egypt it was my first time in Egypt and during that time I found my teacher for Spring Elastica Natalia so that time it was absolutely something new in my dance experience so I started to learn dance from the beginning all technique, all the information about dance. So, yeah, it was absolutely new beginning for me. It was, it was about seven years ago. So I'm really thankful to my teachers that they, you know, inspired me and they opened something really new for me. It's interesting. And you have been already teaching at that point and you still say you started from the beginning. Yeah. Yes, because when I came back, actually, when I came back to St. Petersburg, um, that time, I, I like in St. Petersburg, I didn't teach. So I just, uh, I just was, I was a student. <laughs> so I started from the beginning. And after, like, uh, yeah, I started to join competitions because, yeah, it was very, very new experience for me. So I found the new teachers and I started to like take part in competitions. And after that, you still traveled uh, quite a lot between uh, China and Russia. Is it correct? Uh, yeah, it's correct because uh, I was doing some uh, small events. And during that time, I made uh, my first festival. So I was traveling. But like before, I just, I, 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 just, I stayed, I was in China like for pretty long time like for almost three or four years and i just came back to russia during my vacations like summer and winter vacation but after that i came back to russia to st petersburg um, and i started to study belly dance from the beginning 
So that's why I'm saying that it was absolutely something new for me. I was just curious how even afterwards, um, during these all travels and trips, it's not like you stayed in Russia like all the time since then, you still travel a lot. How do you maintain this student and teacher relationship uh, if it involves a lot of uh, traveling to or like being away from physical studio? Like, is it I don't know, taking as much classes as you can while you're in Russia? Or is there any, any other ways that teachers becomes, uh, I kind of sometimes feel like different level as a mentors, if that makes sense for you? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, no, because, you know, I still, like in China, I still have some, of course, students. And when I left China during that time, all the students, they opened their own schools, actually. So now all the students, they are teachers and they have their own dance schools. I was traveling a lot, actually, till now I'm traveling a lot to China and I'm still with like in really good relationships with my students. And actually even one of my students, now she is uh, my partner. So now we even when I do some events in China, I'm doing it with my students and For here, I never teach. I never teach here, like uh, at dance school. I just was. I was doing some private classes because it's really difficult to have a dance studio if you are not here. You know, if you're always traveling, it's really hard. Because I think if you want to open your dance school, you need to be in your country. Because <laughs> it's really hard. You can't just travel all the time. You also, I know, attended uh, Alan Vasahlan teachers training courses. And uh, uh, as far as I know, you did it several times, not just once. Uh, what, uh, uh, what do you think you got out of this uh, training, specifically that course? And why, uh, what made you come back and again and again, year after year? <laughs> Oh yeah, actually I'm I'm traveling to Egypt a lot, and if I can, every year I go and study there. Uh, it, it's true. Um, like why I go there? Because it's uh, it's motherland of our dance, and there is absolutely amazing atmosphere, and you can see real belly dance. You know, not how to explain. Actually. Uh, anyway, what we are dancing, it's more uh, like stage dance, you know, it's more, um, it's a little bit not real what people dance in Egypt. It's, it's normal because we have another culture and actually we put this dance more like on the stage, you know. So what, we, what do we dance? It's more um, like good for the stage you know, uh, but in Egypt, when you're traveling and you see a real dance, the real atmosphere, the real spirit of this dance, actually, it's absolutely different. That's why I always go there. And every time when I go there, I, I have some new feelings about this dance. So he tells me to develop my dance and develop my understanding of this dance. But what exactly do you mean by a real uh, dance in Egypt? Uh, 
do you mean like the dance at festivals or you see it somewhere else uh, what exactly no, actually it's no it's i'm not, i'm not saying it's about dance festivals or something but the spirit you know when dancers are dancing with orchestra improvisation when she have a contact with the uh audience uh it's it's absolutely different it's really hard to explain but the atmosphere in egypt is very different because when you when you see the dancers how she dance with live band how she dance uh with orchestra uh when you listening all these songs you know the, when you watch the musicians it's really different <laughs> it's not like the same when you just put cd and you dance no it's not the same So that's why the the main spirit for me the main spirit of this dance it's it's in like in Egypt. That's why every time I go there so I can have some inspiration. I see. I was just curious what exactly you meant by that because uh, uh you did sort of a separation and uh highlighted on stage we don't really do real exactly no, we no, do no, stage. No, no, I'm not saying like we do. No, no, I'm not saying like we don't do real. I'm saying anyway, and it's good because I think like uh, we, uh, when we put this dance on the stage, actually we made this dance more uh, like theater style. I don't know how to explain, you know, so everyone can understand it, you know, like foreigners, they made, I think it's just my opinion. It's just my opinion. Yeah. I think like uh, foreigners actually also made a lot of things for this dance. Yes, and uh, foreigners made it like for everyone, you know, all people can understand this dance because they made it more for the stage. But real, real dance in Cairo, it's a little bit different. Maybe it's not so, you know, so elegant or maybe it's not so uh, a lot of technique inside of this dance, you know. Maybe there's not so many Swarovski stones on the costumes. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, but there's so many soul, I don't know, and spirit inside the dance. So that's why I just like to watch just people when they dancing, when I go to some clubs or something, I'm just watching the girls, not, even not dancers, just girls, how do they dance, you know, and it's so natural. I Maybe she don't have a lot of technique, but it's so natural, you know, when she moves. So that's why every time when I go there I'm 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 really happy because I can see the real spirit of the dance, you know, without Swarovski stones, without <laughs> I don't know, 1000 movements inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know it's very difficult to talk about dance and the uh, spirit or essence of dance. So I know you, I put you on spot with this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but really, because but I, I also, I, I it, of course, we all dance on the stage, of course, yes. So that's why, why, why I'm saying that uh, this dance here in like in Egypt, it's a little bit different because in Egypt, dancer is more communicated with people because she, she when she dances, she is very close to audience. You know, they don't have such a big stages. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but uh, like for us, yeah, this dance is more for the stage. Like when we go to theater and dancer, she's dancing on the stage, you know. But in Egypt, it's a little bit different. In Egypt, she dancing for people, you know, to make them happy. 
So she's always in like communicated with people. I don't know how to explain. It's really difficult for me. Yeah, and it's kind of a paradigm. Like what I notice whenever we are in a ballet dance community, uh, like especially in festival communities, there is a little bit, not saying by all dancers, but a lot of dancers sort of... Uh, try to put stage dance as something superior and more privileged or more prestige. Uh, and they forget that in uh, uh, countries of origin, like, for instance, in Egypt, it's a dance that is very close related to audience. It, it exists in uh, uh, cabarets, in restaurants, in nightclubs, at weddings. It's not exactly a stage dance form in its origins like it can be presented on stage and be very nice and beautiful but uh, it has originated in different um, not even specific venues just different environments and different uh, purposes it's not like people audience necessarily just sit and watch like there is it's funny then like looking at um uh, Egyptian like events or where the ballet dance is traditional <laughs> like to have uh, there is not often clear separation between audience and, and performer very often audience becomes a part of performance <laughs> yeah it's true no but anyway I think it's very good that we have stage yes like like dance on the stage so that's why this dance became so popular because everyone, everyone can understand it, you know, and everyone can find what do they like, you know. So that's why actually I'm really happy that this dance have so many styles. So that's why everyone can find the style what they like. I think it's also very good. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the multiple facets of ballet dance it's one of the things that made it so popular because everyone can relate <laughs> yeah so that's why i'm really happy that that's why a lot of people asking me oh what kind what kind of style do you like actually i like all styles i think you know uh, everyone dance is dance you know we don't have just uh, one you know one this is just good or this is bad i think everyone just need to find what do they like i can only assume that probably your career path was not uh, uh, only highlights and glamorous events. There probably were some uh, uh, like uh, unpleasant uh, failures and uh, some some things that uh, uh, you thought, "Oh my God, that's the end! Oh, I will never like do or recover." <laughs> if you if you don't mind sharing, what is your favorite failure today that you thought it was end of the world then back, and now you looking back, you may think, "Oh, maybe that's actually pushed me to go further and oh, become actually, better." You know, maybe. <laughs> Um, because in the beginning I was dancing in the restaurants, uh, so it was very big and good experience for me because people in restaurants are very different. Some of them, they're really nice and some of them, they're very cruel. Um, and sometimes I, I have a feeling that I never going to dance again because of some people, you know, but after like, like, because I, I always was uh, pretty slim, you know, I never, like, so some, some, sometimes people, when I go to dance, they start to uh, talk about my body, like, wow, she's so slim, you know, like, 
people are so strange, you know. <laughs> Some of sometimes, and, and it was very, and they they speak so loudly, you know. You can listen everything, so you can listen what do they talk, and it was very hard for me. But you still need to dance, you know. They they are talking about you, but you can't just go, you know. You need to dance. <laughs> you need to finish. So. Every time after that, I was thinking like, oh, no, I don't want to dance again. I'm, I'm doing something wrong. This is not for me, you know. But after I thought like, hey, I really like to dance. Why? Because of these people, I need to stop. I need to do what I really love and I don't need to care about all these people. So it's the same about some situations on the stage. I also, when I have feeling like, oh my God, this is the end. I don't want to dance. I was thinking like, but I really love to dance. Okay, just I just experience. It's just it was experience for me, yeah. But I, if I really love to dance, nothing can stop me. You know, I just need to dance. <laughs> need to just need to do what I really love. Mm. Yeah, and uh, so true about uh, some people who, not only in restaurants, like on social media too, like they don't realize that they're actually talking about person who who is right there, who can hear or read their comments or anything. Like by some people, by some reason, people think they're entitled to uh, express not those nice things. <laughs> Uh, but I'm glad that you found the way of just uh, overcoming it and keep going anyway, because I can only imagine how many people stop at those points and uh, just... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but anyway, you know, um, what I realized that if people, if someone is happy, you're never going to hurt you, you know? All these people who have some uh, bad minds or they want to hurt you i think they're not happy people you know so because happy people they're never gonna hurt anyone so that's why i just i just don't don't think about this <laughs> just don't don't think about them you know you just need to think like oh i think maybe they're really unhappy don't 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 think about all these people because there's so many negative things inside our world so don't think about bad things. Just think positive. It's the whole art not to take things personal. <laughs> yeah, just don't take personal because all these people really never, if 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 person really happy, he never gonna hurt another person. They don't have time for that. Uh, I also know that you study uh, even today uh, different other dance styles you're not only focusing on ballet dance can you tell us a little bit more which dance styles you are now also falling in love along <laughs> with ballet dance and, and why is it somehow connected to your ballet dance experience or is it just something on the side that you just want to do too <laughs> yeah sure i have actually i uh i like i studied uh, some stretching exercises it's string elastica uh, it helps me to develop the flexibility of my joints uh, because I'm not dancing from the, you know, from the small age, childhood. Uh, I started to dance when I was pretty old. 
I don't know. <laughs> 20 years, okay. But, no, but for dance, no, you know, like in professional way, in professional, I started when I was about 26 or 27. So before it was just like a hobby, you know, nothing serious. But anyway, even 20 years old, uh, it's you old, <laughs> if you know, for dance, it's, but you know what's the funniest just a side note i believe i may be mistaken right now i'm just digging from my like memories but i believe uh Tsiskaridze, it's a famous ballet yeah, dancer yeah. russian he started super late compared to what's uh accepted as their appropriate age to start ballet training Mm-hmm. And it, I know it's a world class star in ballet world. And uh, if ballet in ballet people can do it, I think in any dance form they can do it at any oh, no, age. Of course, yes. But anyway, if, but, but anyway, you need to realize when you start at 20, yeah, or when you start at three, your joints are not the same and your body conditions are not the same. So that's why you need to work more hard, you know. So you can't just work, uh, you know, if, if you start at five or six, your joints are very soft, you know, and very flexible. But when you're 20, it's not the same condition. So when you're 20, you need to work more hard, you know. <laughs> of course, you can do it. Of course, everything is possible. But you need to understand that you need to work more hard. So... That's why I start to practice all this stretching stuff here yeah, because I understood that I need really uh, like soft and uh, flexible joints. So that's why, yeah, I, I need to stretch and I need to do it more because of the age. It's normal. Yeah, so that's why I'm doing all these stretchings, uh, like spring elastica exercises. And also sometimes if I have uh, time, I'm doing air yoga. I like it so much, uh, but it's very hard to do it when I'm traveling. Uh, yeah, because not everywhere you can find air yoga. <laughs> uh, and also about another dance classes, I'm, I'm taking ballet classes, uh, because it can help me, uh, to keep the balance, uh, to keep the positions of arms. Uh, it helps me to train my turns. Uh, and have like beautiful positions of feet. So for ballet dance, yeah, it's really good. When you're practicing ballet, it can help you to feel your body and keep very beautiful lines. Yeah, it's about arms, feet, and you can practice your speed in, yeah, in your dance. Um, also I'm practicing some hip hop. Uh, this, it helps me, uh, with my coordination, uh, with the feeling of beats, because I think they also have a lot of good exercises, uh, how to separate your body to, uh, practice some isolation. Um, and I'm also practicing walking. Uh, it helps me to develop the movements of my arms, uh, because you know, the develop the speed and the power of arm because they have different technique when they're using muscles or when they're doing some, some movements with, uh, relaxed arms, uh, positions. So I think this also helps me to, um, 
like to add different arm movements in my belly dance style. Um, and sometimes, but not so much, I'm practicing contemporary dance. And contemporary for belly dance, I think it's good to, you know, to uh, do not control your body because in contemporary they have a lot of exercises where you just need to relax your body, you know, and just, I don't know how to say this word, um, when, when you just have some inputs, it's really also good for belly dance, yeah, because when you're doing some movements, you just can use this impulse principle in belly dance. So that's why I was practicing contemporary. So I, 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 I like use this, this method in belly dance. Uh, what else? I think it's, oh, and I was, uh, like just taking some classes for popping. And it helps me to feel my muscles and to like use some more muscle technique in belly dance. Actually, I think in all dance styles, you can find a lot of interesting things to develop your body and develop your dance. So that's why I, I think if you're learning, if you study a lot of dance styles, it's also good for you, but you never need, you don't need to forget what is the main style, what you dance. <laughs> Still, yes, still keep uh, the style of belly dance. Yeah, I actually was curious to ask your opinion on um, opposite thoughts that some uh, dancers and dance teachers, they express concern that oh, ballet training can actually harm uh, um, authentic ballet dance presentation. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not agree, actually, because I think, first of all, first of all, it doesn't matter what dance, uh, the basic of dance is ballet. It doesn't matter what kind of dance is first. And the second, actually, when we learn ballet, yeah, I told you, you need to understand what you want to take from ballet. Of course, I'm not done. I'm not ballerina. I don't need to, you know, uh, so big rotation of my feet. I don't need uh, to keep real ballet positions, yeah. But if we go and check the history of Oriental dance, yeah, you also can find out that Oriental dance was mixed with ballet, actually. Yeah, so that's why we have the positions of arms. Of course, I'm not saying about the style of movements. The principle of movements in ballet dance and in ballet dance is absolutely different. I'm saying about positions, yes, when we keep positions. In Oriental dance, it's the same position like in ballet. The third position, second position, yeah. And like ballet can help you to keep very beautiful fits. And you know, if even you go and check all Egyptian professional Oriental dancers, I'm not talking about popular dancers, Oriental dancers, you will find that they keep very beautiful fit positions. You know, if you check even very old, uh, uh, videos of Dina when she's wearing very short skirts, you can find out that she keeps very beautiful fit positions. And like even my teacher, Katya Eshta, yes, she is a professional uh, dancer actually because she was practicing with uh, uh, like ballet troupe. So this everything can help you. But of course, it's very important to understand what you want to take from ballet. Yeah, if you want to take beautiful positions, you take beautiful positions, but you're still dancing in oriental way. So I'm I'm saying like you need to understand how to use 
yeah, some movements from ballet, but you still need to keep the oriental way of dancing. It's it's my idea, it's my mind. Because uh, what what is bad actually for ballet dancers in ballet? It's bad when we're using a lot of because in ballet, the principle of ballet when they use a lot of uh, like feet movements, yeah. That's why the muscles of feet need to be very strong. Yeah, like in ballet, all dancers they have very strong feet. Uh, like for us, for belly dancers, if we want to relax and do some shimmy, yeah, or something, we of course we need to learn how to relax muscles. So that's why if we learn a lot of ballet, yeah, it, of course our muscles can be very, you know, very strong. That's why it's very important if you're practicing some ballet, also practicing stretching. If you do some ballet exercises, after you need to do a lot of stretching. So your muscles need to find the balance between soft and between, between strong feeling. That's why it's very important. You can't just learn ballet. If you're doing this, you also need to stretch a lot. I guess also one of the big concerns regarding specifically ballet training is the center of, uh, uh, not center of gravity, but center of movement. It's uh, different from ballet dance. Uh, it's more in chest rather than hips. But at the same time, it's so true that ballet is today one of the basics for, I think, all stage dances. Everyone who is doing the stage presentations on professional level at some point incorporate some ballet principles in their training. No, that's why actually I'm, I'm saying that it's very important to understand what do you want to use from ballet dance, yes? For me, for me, uh, from ballet dance, I'm using the arm positions, I'm using some feet positions when I'm dancing oriental style. I'm not talking about folklore style. I'm talking about oriental. Yes, uh, ballet helps me to uh, practice my turns, yeah, because all these turns is the principle of ballet turns, actually. Yeah, it helps me to keep the balance. So for, for me, yeah, from ballet, I'm practicing more this. I'm not practicing a lot, like, you know, jumps or uh, kicks with my feet or something. No, I'm practicing a lot my port de bras, yeah, my arm movements. That it can help me to have really soft arm movement. It can help me to, uh, like, you know, to put some breathe feeling inside my arms. So I think ballet just can help you in this. So that's why it's very important to understand what exactly do you want to use from ballet. Yes. As from any other dance forms too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's from every dance. You can use something or yes, or it's normal. Uh, Ala, you also are organizer of festival, uh, Kairostar Festival in Shanghai. Can you tell us a little bit more about this event and uh, how do you manage to organize festival in another country? or still traveling a lot and uh, being based uh, now, as far as I understood, mostly in Russia. And how is that event different from other festivals? This event uh, was the first event in China who invited the orchestra. I'm really happy that our Kairo Stars Festival was the first one. <laughs> uh, and actually, 
uh, were the first one who put a lot of nominations in competition because before in China, uh, they have just like uh, nomination like Oriental or folklore. But now uh, who, our festival was the first who uh, made a lot of nominations like folklore, Oriental, modern song, like tabla, fusion. We separate all these styles. And we also separate like styles by ages and by levels. So, yeah, it was the first time in China actually. Uh, also, uh, uh, our festival is really international. Actually, of course, uh, another festival they also have some participants from another countries, but our festival is the only festival uh, where they have we have the. Students from like Korea, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Russia, Ukraine, from uh, Japan, Malaysia, uh, like a lot of people are coming. So actually now one half of participants are foreigners. So this is also uh, like the difference of our festival, that this is really like international festival. Oh, what are the main uh, uh, struggles of advertising for completely different audiences and probably different languages uh, and uh, uh, and putting it together in countries that you are not based uh, all the time in? Uh, well, actually, of course, I have really good team because uh, I'm not in China all the time, so uh, I. I like of course I can't do everything by myself. Um, that's why I I told you already that I have a student. My name is Dodo, so she's uh, my partner now, uh, and she helps me a lot. Also, I have uh, like my another they're not workers actually like my friends. <laughs> they're my friends and they're helping me. Um, like Michelle, Xiaoping, there are girls who prepare for me all this event. So everyone has their own work and we prepare it before the festival. And after, like, I, after a few weeks, I'm going to Shanghai and we will do the latest preparation for our festival. And what's the next date of the festival? It's uh, 15 till 18 of November. Oh, Actually, it's after uh-huh. one month very, very soon. soon. Yeah, okay, people start packing your bags. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Everyone comes to China. Before I ask our final question of the podcast, can you tell, please, our listeners, what is uh, uh, your favorite social media What you when you when where you post the most? Where is the easiest way for people to follow you? Is it Instagram? Is it uh, Facebook? Or is it some other preferences? Uh, actually, I think maybe more. Uh, I, I for now, <laughs> for now, I post in Instagram. Uh, like because uh, Facebook, it's not so. I don't know. I can't say it's not so comfortable. But of course, I also put a lot of things in Facebook. Uh, but maybe for me, it's more easier. I don't know why <laughs> to post in Instagram. So, but usually I post everything uh, the same. If it's there's some video or pictures, I post uh, everywhere. I post in, in Facebook and in Instagram. I post in VK. 
so sometimes I also post in WeChat. Actually, it took so much time to post everywhere. So it's really tired. <laughs> okay, but uh, the main one is Instagram. <laughs> okay. Yeah, most because because in Instagram I also can post some stories. I know that in Facebook they also have this function, but I don't know why I use more in Instagram. I don't know. Really, don't know why. Yeah, me too. The same way, <laughs> by some reason. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I don't know why. Actually, it's all the almost the same, but I don't know. Maybe I just get used to using Instagram. Yeah, I guess it's the current trend, at least. <laughs> well, I will definitely put links uh, to your social media and to information about the festival in the show notes. So. Uh, people who are listening, if you want to get more of that, go in the show notes and click the links. They go directly to to Ala Watts, <laughs> so you can follow her. Awesome. Thank you so dancing. much. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you so much for everything. I'm sorry if I was talking not so clear. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I was trying my best. <laughs> No, no apologies. We are very happy to hear from you and no worries. No worries at all. It's always uh, um, interesting how once uh, people get into content and listen to uh, interesting uh, things and it's obviously interesting to hear from you and your insights into dance stories. Uh, all language barriers just, they disappear. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> And and your English is pretty good, so no worries at all. Uh, so 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 so. It was such a big stress for me. Oh, and just for our listener to explain, uh, somehow in our communication with Allah, we missed the fact that interview is gonna be in English. Yes, so yes. I just start talking in English. She was like, "Oh, oops, what's happening?" Yeah, it was a very big surprise for me. Um, anyway, thank you so much for taking your time and agreeing oh, even these so surprises. <laughs> and I, I always ask uh, every interview with the same question, and it's very interesting to collect different answers as well as see uh, many similarities in what people reply. And uh, the question is. What makes you fall in love with ballet dance again and again so that you keep doing it for so many years? Uh, you know, it helps me change myself because um, I can see not even about my, you know, uh, the way how I look, not, not about this, about my personality. Uh, that's why really I am really thankful to ballet dance. I became... Some were more strong, some were more soft and more feminine, you know, and it's all because of belly dance. That's why I really, really love this dance. Mm, that's beautiful. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> no, for really, sharing. Really, it's true. It changed me a lot. <laughs> and it gives me some purpose in my life, you know. It's also very important when you have some purpose. So belly dance gave me some purpose in my life. Guys, thank you so much for spending this time with us. And if you like this episode, it will mean a world to me if you take a few seconds and leave us a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. Also, you can always find more information about podcast as well as past episodes at yanadance.com slash podcast. As well as you can connect with me on social media by Yana Dance or Yana Komarnitska. I'm very active on Instagram as well as Facebook and share a lot of tips and inspiration for your 
daily ballet dance life. And by the way, don't forget to subscribe to podcast so you never miss a future episode. And until next time, keep shimming.